0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at com. You belong here. Today we uh, begin to land the plane here for the series Broken Instruments, and I believe God speaks through themes. He uses The seasons, he uses months, and and as we've been gathering here, he's been using this series to communicate that though our lives are broken, he restores us and he plays perfect, beautiful music through them by his power and his strength. And that's the idea and the truth of being a broken instrument is that God can use all of us use all of us connected and then in this mission together there's all these little submissions and sub stories of how God has gifted so many of us differently some of us write some of us draw some of us build some of us make music and some of us like to just totally behind the scenes and never want anybody to see us but yet each one of us is used in God's band if you will he wants to display his greatness through all of us Doesn't matter what our background is, and I think too often is we have these walls and barriers. We have borders. We have some that are county borders, some that are statewide borders, national borders, and then international borders that we divide over the silliest things. It could be music preference, it could be what type of restaurants we're going to go to, it could be how we interpret one particular passage, but is it possible that throughout all of us that are proclaiming Jesus, that it's a little messier than we thought? And that there's a mystery involved, and that's what art does. And it, it allows us to pull back and zoom back and say, man, I can't figure this whole thing out, but I sense that God is moving and speaking. And he is, he's so awesome because he does give us great structure through his word. But there's still an element that is just mind-blowing. Last night I couldn't fall asleep. And I was just staying up thinking about, wait, uh, there's 7 billion people in the world and I'm alive right now in such a time as this. And it was almost like the zoom out thing before you fall asleep and you maybe have a kind of a awake dream and you're just just sitting there. And, And I saw the city, I saw the clouds and I started thinking about the different weather and different places. And just I'm telling you, it was pretty intimidating thinking I'm alive for such a time as this. How will I use my life? What would it be like once we're gone? When I'm gone, what, 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 what will continue? And it's really humbling, but it's also super inspiring to think, how do I make my life count? How do I make the most of this moment and to communicate, to say, okay, let's seize the moment. Let's seize the day. Here, right here, right now. Because I'm telling you, these are no ordinary moments. You did not come today by coincidence you came today because God has put something different in you. And so the broken instruments, hopefully, that you would understand that God is speaking through everything. Everything. Even if something's wicked and evil, he's speaking, watch out. There's your adversary. Focus, reposition. And so we're always having to reprogram our mind. Now, each week we've been featuring some different artists and different um, Just in many different ways, artists. I I was listening to an interview with Kevin Durant yesterday. And Kevin Durant, I bought one of his shoes. He's my boy. You know, it makes us worth close. And Kevin Durant, he was saying that he wished the media, instead of taking more of a critique stance, that they would take a stance of appreciation to, to honor the artistry they're seeing through basketball. And it was so neat because I didn't think about basketball as art. But it is lines and display and people do it differently some dribble a lot some don't some you know are real gumpy and they score though and, and and you have different styles and methods and KD is the first of his like uh Kevin Love was talking about Kevin Durant that first time he saw him in an AAU game he'd never seen a seven-footer move like that first of his kind I mean first ever a seven-footer that can shoot from three and dribble with those type of handles art so beautiful. God is showing off his glory through what he's created, us, and all that he's created in this world. It's it's our playground, y'all. And so I hope that you start to uh, get more excited about what God wants to do in your region, that you have dominion over, but under the great one who's the king. Okay, so we're not the ones that uh, are Completely in charge here. So I want to welcome to the stage. I got K. Ray Creative uh, Designs. We got James who dances. We got Rayshawn, um, also known as Wise Counsel, MC and producer. And then we also got none other than our worship pastor Rob G. So if you could welcome them to the stage, it'd be great. Yeah, friends. Dude, Rob, where'd your outfit go? Okay, where's that outfit coming? His, his, he had a costume at 10 a.m. It was controversial, but. Um, Thank you. All right. Well, you guys do some pretty amazing things. And the whole point of this is that by hearing some of your stories and how God has gifted you is that we would be inspired how God has gifted us. I think too often people always say, well, it'd be neat if I could. If I could speak or if I could rap or if I could do that as nice as that one person. Wait, wait, wait. They're minimizing what God has done in them. And they're also really... um, just kind of stiff-arming God's team that they get to share in the victory. Because what you do, we do. This is us, y'all. This is us. So as you hear their stories, you're going to find out that you can dance like James. But you might just have to say, uh, James is the one who dances like James, and you share in that through Christ, right? And, um, and so it's really neat. But, K-Ray, you make some amazing things uh, through Photoshop and, uh, art, DIY, all kinds of things. And you're such a creative, um, woman and God has gifted you in some amazing ways. I've got to work close with you on some projects. And so it's inspired me, but I would love to hear what has been the driving force for you wanting to be creative and how has that influenced your relationship with Jesus?
1: Yeah. Um, so for me, I mean, we've, Like, Jerome shared this before, that we are all made in the image of God. And so um, just realizing that, like, God is a creator, and if I'm made in his image, that means I'm a creator. And so the way that I display that is through art. Um, But it's awesome because everyone creates in different ways, but that's who I am. And so that is how I can show God to other people. And it's really awesome because we can show characteristics of God that other people can't, but they can show characteristics of God that I can't. And so it just shows that we're a body and that we all um, are imitators of God. And so that's kind of where it comes from is my identity. Um, it's always, it goes back to God. And um, if my art, if the things I'm making aren't glorifying him, um, then it's like, what am I even doing? There's no point to it. Um, so that's kind of what I—my my goal is, is always... Is this pointing to God? Is this glorifying God? And what I'm doing it doesn't have to explicitly be have like Jesus on it or the cross or something, but that it's showing His creativity in what I'm doing. So,
0: aren't you grateful that dentists don't? Yeah, you can clap for that. Aren't you grateful that your dentist, when they fill your filling, they don't just like put Jesus all over your teeth if they're Christians? You know, aren't you grateful for that? And um, and so we all show Jesus in unique ways. I love that you said, "Okay, so you're made in the image of God." and that your identity is in God, and therefore you create. And that is really robust. It's a theological truth, which is our identity, our source and our worth and our purpose is from God alone. Therefore, we operate as God intended us for. As opposed to, if you work that backwards, where I have to operate to get tight with God. A lot of times we look at it like our relationships on earth. I have to do to get. If I spend X amount of hours, I get a paycheck. If I treat someone right, they're going to treat me right. Or if I get somebody a gift, they should get me a gift. Or I owe something to somebody. And so we're always in this place of approval and worth. But God tries to, he doesn't try. He, his definition of that is completely backwards. It's you are mine. Why? Because of my son, Jesus. Really? Okay, so what do I have to do? I love you. And he keeps pouring out identity. So I think that's incredible how you were able to um, just say that in your art. Now, you've worked on so many different things. I know campaigns that I've got to be a part of. What has been one of the campaigns that stood out personally or corporately that kind of comes to mind uh, in this moment?
1: Well, I've had some time to think about this since he asked me for a service. Um, but uh, so the series we did when we found out we were moving or we had to move from Pattengill into Harry Hill, oh, we first didn't even know where we were going. But um, Jerome just had this series, he you know, um, Unstoppable, that we were doing. And um, for me, that was just super powerful. Like, um, God won't stop, so we won't stop um, because God is on our side. So that means that we're unstoppable because of that. And um, it was just really cool to see how powerful um, just the move was. And, like, there were so many people that were connected to the south side. Um, just moving here was just a God thing. It was so Awesome, seeing that, and just seeing that, um, it really kind of was like a launching point, I would say, like for the city. Like we've experienced so much growth, so many lives changed, like so many awesome things. Um, just like realizing when God's on our side, we, He won't stop. So,
0: mm. He won't stop. We won't stop. Yeah, I remember that moment when we got the phone call from uh, the school district saying we're going to renovate Pat Gill, and we need you guys to move. And and if you know anything about um, startups a relocation in year one going into year two is not necessarily in the SWOT analysis plan. It's not in the strategy. And so it didn't seem like a good thing, but it became a God thing. And initially our thought was, oh, okay, what? We got to move. But it was so crazy. Once God took off the lid, he really became this anthem cry of us it's unstoppable the church is unstoppable just when you always thought they were done counted out look you know enemies destroying christians all across the world and it, it seems but every time blood was spilled it was as if they would just multiply you can you can't stop the church you can beat them kill them but you can't take them out you can't stop them it's unstoppable and so that was a real honor to work with you on that um so she'll be in the hallway talk more um and just I don't know, hear more about her design and her heart. I love, uh, it says, let's talk design. What does it say on your website real quick? It says, what, it says?
1: Dream, create, repeat.
0: Yeah, dream, create, repeat. Because you always want to come from that why point in your life, like the dream side. And then what are we doing? And then repeat it. So it's really cool. James, now when people tell me they can dance, I'll I'll be transparent. My first thought is always uh, one of, hesitancy. Uh, sure. Awesome. Neat. Like, you could dance. And, and I'll be a little bit further, especially in this region sometimes. Like, oh, you can dance. But now there's been this thing called the World Wide Web where I can see how good people are. I can see how good I am. I can see how good everybody else. And so you might be good, but it could be a small pond, right? And uh, that's cool. And we celebrate that, you know. And, and so when you told me you could dance, I wasn't sure if it was small pond, medium pond, or big pond type atmosphere. And, and then I saw you dance. And I was like, what kid can dance? And I said, well, who taught you? And he's like, no, self-taught. It's like, hmm. You know, it was really inspiring uh, just to see how God's used you in that and gifted you that. So you, what you shared earlier was really powerful. And I'd love for you to kind of describe again, what was your, I guess, how did you start dancing and then
2: why? Well, like I said earlier, I started dancing because I was bullied and stuff to get my mind off of things. And, um... When I dance, it pretty much brings joy and smiles in people. Because when you dance, it's not just for you, it's for it's for people. It's pretty much for like putting smiles on people's faces, doing things that people never expect that a human body can do. Because when you dance, you move your body in different ways. People be amazed, surprised, they smile, they be happy, and all that. And that's something I love to see on faces because, um, Ever since I was little, I always wanted to make people smile. I want them to feel comfortable, because when I was little, I was never comfortable. I was always bullied and stuff. So when I dance, so it's kind of like Christmas. When you open up presents, you see a big, giant present, and we open it. You don't expect a puppy in it. So pretty much when I dance, you'd, su- you'd be surprised. When anybody dances, you'd be surprised. You'd be stunned. And it's just real fun, because you're not doing it for you, you're doing it for everybody in this world.
0: That's awesome. That's that's so good. All right, now James, you prepared a dance for us today. So let me, let's get this out of your way and uh, maybe we'll we'll scoot back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. James dances like I like to think I dance. Well, you know you like to think you can dance. Like, I've taken this so far, I've actually uh, patented a dance move. It's called the cricket. And, um, so it comes out like this, right? And, um, I come out like Axl Rose. You guys remember that? So I come out like Axl Rose. Cricket on him. Just. Bow. Anyway, so if you do the cricket, make sure you give me some credit. (laughs) Anyways, I do. I drop the cricket at weddings any given time. (laughs) The cricket is a real thing. It's all about how you deliver it, too, because someone's asked me. I said, where'd you learn that? (laughs) Granted, they were six, but. (laughs) Rayshawn, wise counsel, MC, producer. Um... Will you describe how your relationship with God has uh, driven you to make music and just how those are connected?
2: So um, when I make music, I do it to express what's on my heart. And as far as my relationship with God goes, like I'm a Christian first, and that's part of my identity. And you know, no matter how much you try to hide it, eventually your real identity is going to come out. So it just comes out in my music and I don't have to try to force it or anything. You know, I just let it be. So
0: I love that. Um, everyone needs to hear that. You're a Christian first, insert what you like to do or whatever your preference is. I think if we don't have that first one, that's where we get off. No, we're followers of Jesus first, and it flows out of us naturally. You know, someone asked me one time, they said, so it's City Life Lansing Church, right? And I said, it's just City Life Lansing. Yeah, but it's City Life Lansing Church, right? I said, no, actually the name legally is City Life Lansing. And, um, And they go, but you're a church. I said, we are a church. And I said, but I don't have to go around telling everybody I'm a five foot six white kid, do I? You just figured that out. You know what I mean? And so you, you can say we're the church, but I already know we're the church, right? And so and, uh, that was a point. I, I think it was a barrier for them because uh, it wasn't an inviting conversation. Um, and so I just love that Jesus is just, you know, calling his people. Um, and I loved how you said that. So I hope we all take that. Now, you, uh, you have a beat you made. Um, yes. Will you, uh, will you just show us what you do? Ah. Uh, Wise counsel Drums were slapping. Rob G. He's got a debut for us right now, the final product, the world premiere. Check this out. Now, Robbie G. Our worship pastor, isn't that cool? Worship pastor dropping music videos on us. Halloween, how fitting. Opposite kingdom. You have some lyrics in there that always grab me. Uh, So many of them. You know, let the old say, I'm a child. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. You know, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the rich say I am poor. Just so many great one-liners in that. What inspired the lyrics? And if you could kind of expound on them, that'd be neat.
3: Yeah, uh, Jesus really inspired the lyrics, just just his words in in the New Testament. And... uh, Man, just how he came with the upside-down kingdom. Everyone thought Jesus was going to come at the time and rule and reign and just take over the Roman Empire and just set up, you know, New Jerusalem right then and there and just crush everybody. But he actually came and he laid his life down for people, for the broken, for those that most people didn't even notice and they ignored. And uh, he came for that, Uh, even though that wasn't celebrated at the time. It wasn't looked highly upon. Uh, uh, So just... And, and then bringing that back to how is that relevant to us today? How can we live an opposite kingdom against this culture, uh, against the world around us that's telling us so many lies and to, so many things? And I think Jesus' words still ring true of, man, the first shall be last. And, man, I think of people right now that are in prison right now, and we might look, and we might look like, man— man they got it bad they got it rough but honestly their soul might be more free than people in this room right now and they know where their eternity is and, and so just kind of flipping that mindset um, of just how we view reality and and, and building I feel like you know, it came off the album Make Believe, and so many times we build these sandcastles of what's important, of what success looks like. It's fame, it's it's having money, it's having a retirement, a 401K, and all these things, which are all cool things for some people. Uh, but the truth is, that's just sinking sand. That's only going to last a, just a moment. So, man, just trying to renew my mind. Like, for me, this really even challenged me to say those words was challenging for me myself. Uh, but it's just kind of one of those songs that I wanted people to to just think and uh, yeah, that's it. That's
0: good. The land of the opposites. Tuesday morning, it's going to be on all the social media platforms if they want to share that, huh? You, um, all the artists will be here after the service if you want to talk to them more, hear more of their story, uh, connect with them on what they do. Um, thank you for sharing today. Give it up for our artists. in these last brief moments we have together I want to leave us with some kind of if you will like a, a frame a uh, context is some some real ass, assignments initiatives that you can do and take with you that will last and torian sent me a verse and it just jumped out to me for this series and um, it's right out of Romans 6, and for this whole series, I think sometimes when what we could do is say, well, man, I'm just broken, and God loves me, and, right, and so we got this grace thing down. We're like, I love you, Jesus. He's awesome. He's my personal Jesus. It's great. Depeche Mode, you guys remember that song? I referenced that before, but personal Jesus, and, uh, and we got him. And if we're not careful, though, what we start to do is he doesn't care about transforming us or we start to hold on to things. And it's that frog in the, the water principle the, on the stove. Have you ever heard that, that parable that if, if you jump, uh, drop a frog into boiling water, it'll instantly jump out. But if you put it in the water that's just at room temperature and then you just slowly turn up the heat until it's boiling, it'll just boil to death. And some of our lives, this is what we do. We get this new life transformed. I love you, Jesus. And then slowly, we're living in this life of darkness, and we're wondering why it feels like death. And we're being used as instruments for wickedness, not instruments for God and his purposes. And it can get so weighty because we're like, oh, what do I do? You know, C.S. Lewis talks about that the closer he got to God, the further away he felt. And I love that. It sounds so contrary. You would think the closer he got to God, the closer he would feel. No, and and, and the, the truth is this. The closer you get to God, because he's so holy, and you're not, and I'm not. So as you get so close to God, you start to see how beautiful, how spotless, how he's compassionate, he's forgiving all the time. And then you recognize you're not. But you look back behind you and you know what you find? A wave of grace and you say, "Woo, I'm in still? Yeah, the wave of grace and it's rushing you boldly right to the throne so you can still confidently come to the Father and you're still saying, look at my eyes. When my kids mess up, the first thing they do is they won't look at my eyes anymore. I say, look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Because at least we can do discipline out of love. Not to where it's just discipline on the side, but it's close. It's connected. It's We're having a conversation because I love you. And as we think about our relationship with God, it's very much like that because as we get real close to him, we realize oh, we don't want to look him in the eyes. He's too good. He's too good. Well, this is why it's so awesome. This is why our praise gets louder. We're like, wow, I can be close to you because of what you did. It's that hallelujah, the highest praise. That we're so close to him. And we can just sing and shout. So as we get closer, our praise should get louder because we recognize how much he's done for us. And so if you've been walking with Jesus maybe a year, 10 years, 20 years, one day, I'm telling you, it should get sweeter with time. Because we need to pull back and just remember what he's done for us. He put us in the band. We can be close. He still wants to use our lives even though we're broken that's why we sing and shout so loud. And is it possible that maybe we're not singing and shouting so loud? It's because what we've done is we put God in the box. We got him when we need him. We open him up on funeral day. We open him up before meals, and we open him up every once in a while when we have issues or troubles, or, and we wonder why, 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 or he's you know, not doing what we need. God, get me out of this one. God, get me. Genie, genie God, genie God, a la carte God. But, but yet maybe God, it's because we, now what we've done is we've gotten good at being our own God. And so we're not close to him because we don't want to even feel the weight of what it's like to be close to him anymore. Because we always mistake. Notice how I say we, because this is us together. We always mistake, or often I should say, conviction as condemnation. When really to be challenged and inspired doesn't change our position. Our position is secure in Jesus Christ. And then how we flesh that out and walk that out is hard. But it's beautiful. He's changing us glory to glory. It's good. It's worth it. Anything good in this world's always been hard. So whoever told you that Christianity was different is a liar. But the beautiful story is we're not working from a place of trying to gain approval. We're already approved and we're flowing out of his love and his transformation to change us day by day by day. And so if you feel the wrestle this morning, you wonder, why do I keep going back to these things? That's a gift from God that you feel the wrestle. So you need to be free today. Now, how do you change more? Let's look more at Jesus and check out this text. I think we're going to get some real inspiration this morning. Romans 6.13, it says, Do not present yourself members to sin, As instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Not under law, but under grace. That's so beautiful, it really is. Now, Paul's writing this coming out of just the chapter 5, talking about that death came through Adam, but life came through Jesus. And now that, okay, so if there's grace, should we just sin anytime we want? He's saying by no means. And as we see the word instrument, it would be really difficult to pick this up. But the early audience would see it as this. That's a phrase used as a weapon of war that the instruments we possess, the members of our life, that we could be used as a weapon of war for unrighteousness or righteousness. Now, to define righteousness, to be morally acceptable to God, that we are in line with his law and how he works and how he flows, and we're on the God thing all the time. Now, we know as people, fallen creatures that that now are redeemed and renewed in Jesus There's a battle because we don't always want to do what God likes. But over here, there's this unrighteous war that Satan is always trying to get us in. He's trying to get us to rebel because it's his nature. And in fact, anytime you find yourself confused, filled with doubt, filled with worry, filled with condemnation, without conviction that inspires, you know that Satan's talking to you. Because even when Jesus, he gets real close to people, and this is why he checked the church really hard. He checked them not because they didn't know stuff. He checked them because of how they were engaging with people about what they knew. I mean, when Jesus would find people broken, they would want to run to him real close, but he would also say, "Go and sin no more," because look, sin is never cool. It never is. So we maybe never believe the lie that somehow this broken instruments thing, things things. Like, okay, yeah, we're, just, we're sinners. We need grace. No, sin is never cool. God's new life lived out always is for his glory. That's it, always. So we have this new life now. We want to walk in it. We want to live in it. But we have this battle going on, instruments wanting to be used for unrighteousness, weapons of war, our body, the the makeup, the mantra. But we have this beautiful new life in Jesus that wants to be used as an instrument for righteousness, not under law, but under grace. And what that does is it awakens you. It really should. It should awaken you, and think. I want to run. I want to be adventurous, and I want to play in God's playland all the time because He's constantly wanting to use my life in a way that would lead to righteousness. Now, along the way, we're going to have to recognize three things. I think with this passage, and the first thing would be this: is that we um, Let me pull that out. Move. You got that? Yep. No, the, the three points. I got it here. We are in a state of war. We're in a state of war. Today, if our nation was at war, specifically our state, we would carry ourselves a little differently. We'd be alert. Our adrenaline would be up. And as believers, there's an enemy that roams to and fro, an adversary that would love to destroy us every day. And he's always trying to condemn He's always trying to lead you astray. And how do we overcome him? By the word of our testimony in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. So we're in a state of war, my friends. And so that could be overwhelming. Ah, What do we do? No, no, no. It's assessing the situation correctly. Half of the battles we face is because we're not willing to be honest with ourselves. Have you ever had anybody tell you their problems? And the first thing you're thinking is, you are not in reality. And then when you tell your problems, you just tell them in reality, don't you? (laughs) <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever, no, no, never, no, never, I know that for sure, because I, we life group leaders, sometimes will get coaching about the people they're leading in a life group, and then they'll come about stuff that they're going on in their life, but they won't talk about it the same way as somebody else, right, that's just human nature, I'm telling you, when I present my case to, to uh, my leaders, sometimes it's not in a way that is fully coherent, and I thank God that they can speak objectively, and say, you're just the little cognitively disconnected in this moment. It's cognitive dissonance. You're not connecting. And so I think as we understand assessing the situation correctly, we're in a state of war. So sometimes we got the fog of war, the battle's real, but here's the thing. We walk in new life, not pick up, pick back up death. When I um, first had Jesus rock my life. I remember it was a hard couple of weeks. You know, you're going through your old friends and you're walking into the new friends kind of vibe and you don't have friends. And I want to be very careful how I even say it, because my old friends, they're awesome. They're made in the image of God. These are my boys. But yet I just felt like my life was supposed to go in a different direction. Things that they were doing necessarily I couldn't do. The, the same permission and, and, and uh, uh, joys they had weren't the same things I felt like God was shifting me. And this is before medical marijuana, mind you, and we're, uh, the only time I used marijuana was for abuse and recreation, not anything to do with medical. And so uh, two weeks in with this Jesus thing, my friend invites me to the temple club. We're hanging out in this circle. And anyone knows, like, 2002, if you got a $50 blunt, uh, this is a great moment. And in, 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 in this moment, we got, you know, like, four people. I was invited in the circle. You know, it's passing around. In that moment, I remember when it hit me, and I was just like, my heart started beating through my chest, and I dropped it. And my boys were like, dude, what are you doing, bro? What's wrong with you? They were so mad at me, right? And, uh, and, and, I, and I went to pick it back up, and I gave, I gave it to him, and I said, I'm sorry, dude. And I just, I just left, and I had to go. And it's because something was happening in me. God changed me and gave me new life. Why would I go back up and pick up death? I'm telling you, sometimes in our life, God's given us the new life, but all we're doing is going back and picking up death. And there's been times over the last 14, 15 years that I've picked back up death. But no one wants to roll with somebody that is riding around with a bunch of roadkill. Like, yo, your car reeks. Your car reeks. Your car reeks. Our lives reek when we're connected to sin. It's sick. And so may we never get to the point to where we just think that it's okay. No, no, Jesus is better, and he's so good. And so here's how we make war, friends. We don't make war um, in our own power. We make war against sin by making much of Jesus. Jesus. It's really a good news perspective that my life was dead, my life is new in Jesus, and now I have power in his resurrection. What are the struggles you're facing today? What are the battles that are coming What are the things that you fought and are facing right now? Are you trying to do it in your own power? Are you unaware of the condition that you're at a state of war? Do you find yourself trying to pick up this old life and when really God's trying to lead you to a better life, a new life, a freeing life? That song where it's like they were singing, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. I was just thinking, man, Jesus, break the chains off of us. Remember some of us for real, like you gotta break the chain. You gotta know this is war. This is war. This is war. You want me to just tell you? Look, the members of your body, just think about them for a second. You got your head, you got your eyes, you got your ears, you got your heart, you got your feet, you got your body, you got your voice. Think about how the enemy wants to distort it all the time. The head, he wants to get you thinking thoughts that are crazy. Wants to get you looking at stuff that leads to death. Wants to get you hearing a bunch of gossip that leads to nonsense that isn't profitable. He wants your heart and your passion tied to darkness, not hope in love. He wants your feet going in places that you're just, up. I'm in the den of thieves again. Who cares? Well, Jesus' grace is here. He gets it. He wants your body so tied to things that aren't appropriate to the gospel. And he wants your voice used in such a, this is one of your most powerful instruments you have, your voice not used for God. But when God starts to redeem it, your mind, your eyes, your ears, your heart, your feet, your body, your voice, you start to think differently, and here's how it looks. It looks like a Galatians 5 mindset. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is love. This is what our weapons of warfare look like. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. We're no longer under law, but we're under grace. And so here's what grace does for us. And this is the impartation as we end this series right here. Grace through Jesus, it starts to impart love. It starts to impart peace gentleness, self-control, kindness. How does it do these things? How does it resonate and change and transform? It's from looking at God, reading his word, connecting with his people. And every time we work the equation backwards, whether we have to do something or even connect with his people, if we start to think the people thing is the God thing, we're in trouble because this thing's gonna get messed up way quicker than this thing. This thing doesn't get messed up. God's pursuing us all the time. And what happens is you start to get to the the line, and you recognize, man, you're going to the same place I am? I didn't think so because I didn't get along with you. Yeah, no, no, they have their eyes fixed on Jesus too. And so when we switch, right, switch, and we look, make much of him, that's how we fight the battle. The one that has paid the price for you. The ones that's victorious. Victorious, Jesus, victorious, victorious, you know, Christ the victor. That's what the early church used to say, Christ is victorious. He's victorious over all of our pain and our shame. He's victorious. He's victorious over all of our brokenness. He's victorious. He's victorious over all the false gods. He's victorious. He's victorious over all my insecurity. He's victorious. He's victorious over all of my money and my worries and my situation and my family tension and all the things that have happened to me because he's a good, good father. He is victorious. And I am no longer an instrument used for unrighteousness, but I am an instrument used for righteousness under grace, Can I pray for you this morning? Jesus, I thank you that this room is filled with people that the chains are falling off. It's filled with lives that are uh, being impacted and transformed in such a powerful way. I pray today that there will be new life and new freedom in so many people that are here represented. God, that there's going to be um, just a wave of grace that will sweep over into each household. That there'll be new songs and people used as instruments of righteousness, instruments of love and peace and gentleness. Through all of the worry, through all of the pain, through all of the issues, through all of the shame. God, that there will be love and mercy and joy like never before. God, we pray that you will continue to lead us as the great leader. God, that you'll play perfect music through all of your people here. God, that we can't do it alone, we'll never be good enough, we'll never be able to clean ourselves up. But as Paul writes later in Romans, that there's no condemnation for those in Christ. God, let your people walk free today. Let them walk free. Let them walk free. Let them walk free. Freedom today in Jesus' name. Freedom. Let them walk free. Free today in Jesus' name. Freedom over all of your people today. Freedom, in Jesus' name, for all of your people today. There's so much love and compassion that God's pouring out into you. I think the Holy Spirit is undoing some things that you thought could never be healed. He's pouring his healing oil into the cracks and crevices of your life. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, Jesus is so good. Can we celebrate him for a second? Let's just celebrate. God, we celebrate you. For real, he's transforming so many people. And uh, maybe you're here and you're like, I don't even know how to get the new life. It's as simple as saying, "Um, God, I'm a sinner and I need Your mercy and forgiveness, forgive me. And you put your faith in Jesus and you trust in him and you believe upon the Lord and his victory. And the new life happens and I pray that you would get baptized and you would go all the way. You'd meet somebody at the Connect Center today. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be in a world where we feel like always we don't fit in. How do, how do we suffer? How do we uh, continue to be citizens? What do we do is, in our family, in the holidays, and the pressures we face and feel, right? We want to get our kids stuff and get people gifts. And some of us financially can and other of us can, but, but, but we have a surplus. But who do we help or what don't we do, right? And this is an exhausting thing, but we are called to be different. And next week, we start a brand new series called different and we want to live diff we hope to see you guys then uh 10 a.m and 11 30 we love you
2: thanks for listening to the city life lansing podcast loving you and loving the city one life at a time for more information messages and to partner financially go to citylifelansing.com you belong here